What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Hello and welcome, everybody. I am here, Elaine Williams, still human, the only half of our fabulous team on the podcast, still human. Kathy Keegan is my partner in crime, and we are so excited because we have a fabulous guest with us today, Anne Zuckerman. And if you are new to us, we're so happy that you're here. We started this podcast because we wanted to share you know, to pull back the curtain behind what it was like to be an entrepreneur and a coach and all the things we wish they had told us at the fancy masterminds. And so learn from our mistakes, kids. You can make your own. And we wanted it to be like a comedic fun take. So if you're looking for that, you're in the right place. You'll get some fabulous wisdom too and laugh along the way. So that's why we started our podcast. We're we're at like episode 30 something, which is like, whoa. And, um, so, you know, Kathy Keegan will be talking with all throughout. And I, I just want to do a quick intro to Ann Zuckerman. She is the most amazing serial entrepreneur I've ever met. She is so cool and fun and funky. She's got amazing stories. Her mother was a badass entrepreneur. And I'm just so delighted to have Ann with us today. Ann, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, yay. So you're technically, um, you're a serial badass entrepreneur because she's descended from a badass entrepreneur. Am I right? And, you know, Ann, I actually own one of your products from one of your serial entrepreneurships. (laughs) And, and it helps me look good, good on the stage, and it helps me not helps people not be distracted by anything while I'm on the stage. So I'll let people guess what that is. Okay, <laughs> I love it, Kathy. We'll have a little bit of mis- mystery. Maybe we'll have a contest. Mm-hmm. But Anne, <laughs> I would love I would love for you to share with us. You know, um, I want to hear about you, but I love you know I got to work with Anne on her story. That's how I got to know Anne. We met through E Women. And would you tell us about your mother's story and, you know, how she got started? Because I just love the story. Um, actually, I'll go even farther back. I'll go back to my grandmother. Cool. Okay. Um, and my great-grandmother. So my great-grandfather passed away, and my great-grandmother took over his business. So that's where it actually started. What year um, was it? It started with her. And the women in my family are just, they were just go-getters. No matter what the situation, they would make it work. Um, I recently read a book by um, Steve Sims, and he says, you don't drown by falling in the water, you drown by staying there. And the women in my family just refused to give up. So my grandmother and my grandfather emigrated to the United States. My mother actually emigrated to the United States before my grandparents, and then they came. They were all business people. They all had um, experience in business. 
And my mother, uh, during the war, was sent off to a school for design and corset making. So she actually learned how to make corsets from scratch. So when she came to the United States, um, she was very familiar with a sewing machine, and she could actually make a bra and a girdle for a woman from scratch. So ultimately, she ended up working for a department store, and she was really good at fitting. And the customers, the ladies who came in said, you know, Edith, you really should have your own business. You know, why are you working here? You should have your own business. And uh, she, at that point, she was divorced, and she was living with um, her parents on a farm in New Jersey. And uh, she said, okay, fine, what are we going to do? And my grandparents said, you're going to open a store. So they helped her out. She had the design experience. She had the um, uh, fitting experience. My grandmother had, and my grandfather had the merchandising experience and the business experience. So the three of them opened um, what became Edith's. Um, my mother was always the sole owner of the business, but my grandparents worked with her the com- completely. Um, and they actually showed her the ropes. And then they eventually showed me some ropes. So every night at the dinner table, it was, okay, fine, so what happened today? And how are we doing this? And they set up the systems. So that's how my mother started. And um, then because of her background in design, she became a surgical fitter and a a mastectomy fitter. And so in the store, one of the services that she offered was not only mastectomy fitting, but if a woman wanted to wear a regular bra, she would sew a pocket into that bra. She would go in the back to her Singer sewing machine and sew pockets into bras. And so when I ended up joining the business, I too ended up sewing pockets into bras. So, but whatever a customer needed, she would do. And I saw that, and it was just absolutely amazing, and it was creative. So um, many, many years ago, a woman came in, and she wanted spats. Now, most of us don't remember spats, but they were shoe covers with little buttons on the side. And my mom actually made her a set. So here was this woman who was probably from the eight, grew up in the 1800s and wanted spats. So that was my mom. Wow. So oh my gosh. I love that. And it's such a, I knew you would love the story, Kathy. And, and can you tell us just, I love the story about how she only had like one pair of something in the beginning and she would use trees to decorate the windows or something. Can you elaborate? Yeah. My, my mom and my grandparents had no money. Um, but, and in those days, um, it was difficult to open a business. And they wanted to open their, they were European, they were going to open their business with cash, not credit. So they rented a store. Um, My mother was scared to death, and she didn't want to go in the first day. She didn't want to open, and my grandmother said, not a problem, you stay home, we'll go and open the store. (laughs) She eventually did walk through the doors, but what to do? If you're, you're building a business with cash, how much do you have? You pay your rent, 
you pay your utilities, and then you need merchandise. And she didn't have enough money to uh, fill an entire store, nor did she have money for mannequins in the window. So my mom was really artistic, and she went out and she got some tree branches. Uh, granted, they were tree branches that were made for um, store display, and they were painted black, and she put them in the store window and then just hung lingerie from these tree branches instead of having a mannequin. Um, and inside the store, um, because she had now had experience with a lot of salespeople in the lingerie field, she went to all of her sales reps um, and said, listen, I don't have a lot of money. Um, may I get some empty boxes? So in those days, women would buy um, stockings, rather than, it ended up being pantyhose, but in those days they were stockings, and they came in boxes. So she got a whole set of boxes so she got three pair of pantyhose in every size, but then empty boxes. And my grandmother put X's on all the boxes that had something in them. So when a customer came in, um, they would see a whole stack of what seemed to be a lot of merchandise, but in fact, they were all empty. So she had three nightgowns in every size, three robes in every size. She had underwear in every size. I don't know why, but she went from this big to this big. It was crazy. Sounds <laughs> um, like me every day. Had, <laughs> but she only had three pair. So my grandmother used to tell the story that, um, I don't know, maybe the second day they were in business, a lady came in and said that she wanted three pair of size six and a half stockings and my grandmother sold them to her and then ran in the back and said, Edith, Edith, we're all out of six and a half. <laughs> so we'd go back to the company and say, okay, fine, now I need six pair. And that's how she built her business, um, building inventory. Um, very slowly, but eventually she had enough so that she rented the store next door and um, uh, pulled down the wall between, and there was a ramp. There were two stores that were connected with a ramp. And uh, that's how she built her business. And when I actually closed the business, it was um, almost 50 years old. Wow. It was almost that's 50 years old. Um, she celebrated her 40th year in business um, and then we ended up having to move the business. But she actually um, saw the store prosper for over 40 years. Wow. It's such a, it's, that's, it's a beautiful story. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? That's what we call bootstrapping, right? In this yeah. country, when you, when you fund it yourself, and you fund it yourself with several things, any money you might have, and a hell of a lot of creativity. And that's really making use of what you have. You know, in, in our world today, there's a lot of scarce thinking, scarcity. There's not enough. There's not enough. But the thing is, if you have creativity, you can make it work. Mm. Look what they did. I, it's genius. It's absolute genius. And never once did they say, 
oh, we can't do this. It was just, here's the thing we want to do, and how are we going to make that happen? Right. Well, actually, my mother every other day said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) My parents said, "Um, you have no choice. Wait, oh, okay. what fun. So that was, that, was, um, that was the discussion at the dinner table. My mother would panic and my grandparents would say, tough. Tough love, baby. You don't have a choice. I love it. And she did it. And she did it for 40 plus years, 50 yeah. years. And she modeled for you. And now you're, you know, you've done so many cool things. And um, oh, I just love that story. I have a question. What is a pocket in a bra? What does that mean? So when a woman has had a mastectomy, one of her breasts has been removed. Well, it's a crazy thing. But if you have weight on one side of your body and no weight on the other, eventually a woman ends up with a shoulder lift. Oh, no. Because your spine is designed to carry evenly. So there are a lot of women who have had mastectomy who say, oh, well, I don't need to wear a prosthesis. I don't care. It's all cosmetic, but it's really not cosmetic. So breast prostheses are made with some weight to them. And what you want to do is mimic the weight on both on, on your natural side. Um, so they make a breast prosthesis, and now they're much, much better than they were years ago when my mother started. But um, they do make covers for them, and you can use a regular bra. You don't have to have a mastectomy bra. You can use a regular bra. Um, they make mastectomy bras that have a lining. So you actually put the bra, the, the prosthesis, into a pocket. So you have fabric against your skin, and then the prosthesis, and then the outer shell of the bra, which is great. But sometimes a woman wants the bras that she's used to. She wants to wear a different type of bra than a surgical bra. So then what? And so what we would do, we would actually sew that liner into the bra to create the pocket for the prosthesis. So she would have fabric against her skin, but she could wear whatever bra she wanted. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm. It's just um, that, you know, it really is when you feel limited by choices to be able to have someone really understand who you are and be seen. That must have made such a difference for so many women to know that they could go there. And you were thinking, she was she and you were thinking about what would be the most comfortable for her. Yeah. You know, that's really big. I remember um, I had I ended up um, becoming a certified mastectomy fitter myself. Um, I was certified, let's see if I can say this right, by the Board of Orthotists and Prosthetists. Wow. Oh, my. That's a good warm-up no, exercise I... right there. <laughs> so um, anyway, I actually went through the training and was trained myself. So a lady came to me, and she wore like an A-cup bra. And so in her mind, she didn't need to wear anything. But she was having issues with her back. And after speaking with her, I said, look, I've got 
in those days, I had a prosthesis that actually had an adhesive back to it. So you could actually adhere it to your chest wall, which was amazing because it didn't move. It moved with you, and it was like your natural breast. And um, I fitted her with one of those, and she was thrilled. And she said, I never realized that I had a problem. And that this was the problem. Wow. I love it. um, And isn't that why it's wonderful to have independent stores? Because you can actually go in and speak with someone. um, Who knows what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being at Victoria's Secret and I was like, first of all, they don't have any double D's. Second of all, (laughs) nobody knows how to really fit into a bra and... I, you know, I was reading that in the industry, they just, there was a woman in the fifties who was like, I don't know, a 36 B. And so they said, that's the average, like just because this one woman and they based all these bras on this one model. And now finally the bra world has woken up, but yeah, this is, this, we're going to call this boob talk 101. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and all and because it really matters, you know, it really matters. It is. I, no. see, I just love that story, Anne. So I always have to ask Kathy, Anne, because uh, Kathy reads like ten books a day sometimes. I think, and so I'm always like, you know, I just hang out with her and I get smarter. It's so cool. So Kathy, the extraordinary, amazing coach, speaker, author that you are, tell catch me up. What have you been reading? Are you levitating well, yet from being so enlightened? What's going on? Oh, you know what? Wouldn't that be nice? The only thing is, is that, I, you know, it's so interesting. And that is such a very generous thing to say that, you know, that the more enlightened you become in some ways, the more 101 you become because you start to know more and then you realize, oh, there's a lot I don't know. There's so much I don't and know. And maybe right. that's part of, maybe that's part of wisdom. I, I sure hope it is. Um, but, you know, I have been reading Lynn Twist's book, The Soul of Money. And so your story, Anne, fits in so beautifully with this, with the idea that um, that in a situation you 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 had to make do somehow. Right. And so um, she talks a lot about how money became this kind of binary measure of success. You know, you're either a success or a failure. And we've become so attached to that that we lose the creativity that comes in when it's sort of like you set something up. One time I got in trouble because we didn't have a receptionist for our office, but what I did was I set the stage as though we had one. And so we knew when clients were going to come in, so we'd just have somebody come out and meet them. Um, But several people didn't like that. They were very upset. I said, look, I'm setting the stage. I can hire another person, but we don't really have need of it. We don't have that many visitors. But I love the idea of setting that stage and creating this illusion because what you basically do is when you're starting business, someone says, would you do this? And you're like, yep, I can do that. And then you scramble home and you figure out how to do that because we're only a step ahead. Well, maybe we're five steps ahead or a hundred steps ahead, but at certain points, we're only a step ahead. But I just love how she is looking at how money just kind of became, and not that it's not important, but it became the only measure. And that we, um, and that it, we lose our creativity because we think, well, I just need to finance this, or I need to just get this, or I need to own that. 
And in this case, it was, what do we have? We have this. What could I put in there? Oh, I can hang lingerie from tree branches. That's so, so inventive I love and creative. It. It's so cool. You know, and so we all have that opportunity to be inventive and creative. The other book I'm reading is The Five Dysfunctions of a Teen. <laughs> and that's an interesting <laughs> one. That's me you know, every morning. <laughs> Elaine, Elaine and I put the fun in dysfunctional. Thank you very much. That's not my joke. But the thing about that is trust. That's the foundation. And you know in a lot of organizations there isn't that. Or you go to a meeting and then everyone after the meeting talks behind the leader's back or whatever. This happens so often. And I think today, oh, how do we be kinder? How do we give people the benefit of the doubt? You know, how do we not get set off so quickly? And how do we start to trust a little bit more? And, you know, these are big questions. So my brain rattles around with stuff like that. And then things like, I got to call a plumber. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, it's just basically that's life, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but one of the things I'll add to that is, um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about the fact that um, people measure their success by money, but that doesn't make them happier. That um, is 100% the other point that I would add to what you just said about teams, and that is, well, there are two things. In today's world, it's very easy to start a company um, because of the Internet. D does it mean that you'll be around in a, a day, a month, a year? Prob maybe, maybe not. But with regard to teams and the people that you need within your company, um, it's e easier now than ever before to find people that you want to work with, that people that you identify with, people that you want to team with, and they can be anywhere in the world. And that's a really beautiful thing, uh, that you're not limited to people who are in your neighborhood or next door. And I, I mean, there are pluses and minuses to that because we all, during COVID, we missed the connections with people. Sure. But you still have some connection. And getting back, Kathy, to what we were talking about before, um, it, it gives you an opportunity to find people who can understand what you're saying. Um, to find people outside your circle who now you can relate to on another level. Like I can talk to my husband about a lot of things, but there are a lot of things that he just doesn't understand. <laughs> and there are a lot of things about my business he'll never understand. Um, and I was speaking to somebody recently, and she said, well, I understand what you're saying. You're just speaking to the wrong people. So I, those are... I like all of the possibility. I love it. That's such a good point. You know, I know sometimes I've outgrown communities or friends and it's, it's just it's so nice when you feel like you can, you've landed in a soft place. You know, one of my, one of my former clients, who I just adore this woman. She's brilliant and, you know, tall, successful, spiritual. And, um, her mom just passed. And I went over just to help and connect. And she said, oh, my God, I'm in a 12-step group. I found my people. I found my people. I'm so happy. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that that was, like, a thing for you. But I'm so happy. 
and she's, you know, so she's got community program and, you know, I've been in the 12 step world for 21 years. And sometimes I think I, you know, I forget how special it is and it, it's not perfect because humans help run it, but it is life changing and amazing. And I am so grateful for the communities I am in. And I hope to always be connecting other cool people with other cool people because it is exciting, even if we miss in-person hugs. Even if Kathy had to move away from the East Coast, but I'm gonna get to see you next week, so. But let me tell you, this lake is a lot like an ocean. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of times where I'm like, that's not a lake. Yeah. So anyway, but you know, I, I, I wanted to add to the, um, we were talking about the relationships and, you know, and people who can hear you. You can still have a relationship with someone who doesn't understand you 100%. That's okay. I don't expect to be all things to one person. Yeah. Um, and it's okay that I'm not. Um, and it's taken me a lot of years to do, to sort of learn that because I always felt like I, you know, I'd study up or try to figure out stuff because I am interested in people and I am curious, but the fact is, is that there is nothing like being heard. When you hear somebody say something and you just, and it clicks, it feels fabulous. And so it's always good to have some people around you who get you immediately. Yeah. You know, you feel seen, you feel heard. And gotten and understood. Yeah, it's a human, it's a basic human need. And I think there's so much talking and TikToking and, you know, oh my gosh. So um, speaking of TikTok as a segue, and you are like you. So tell us, I know you've got a lot of different things going, but I love it that you went to click funnels and you were learning, learning funnels and you're not yeah. in your twenties in, and a lot of those people that go to click funnels are like dudes in their twenties. So I just thought this woman is a freaking badass. So are you still building funnels? Like, tell us what you're up to. Yeah, um, I was uh, saying to Kathy before we started that, yeah, I was supposed to be in Orlando last week at the um, Funnel Hacking Live. Um, I love being there. It's, it's a total adrenaline rush. Um, but because of a, a situation that I had at home, I couldn't go. So I had to cancel last minute. So I ended up doing it virtually, um, <laughs> which... I, to tell you the truth, I was so exhausted when I, it ended that I wasn't sure <laughs> what I would have done if I had been there. Um, because it's from about 9 o'clock in the morning till as late as 10 o'clock at night for four days. Wow. I mean, it was crazy. It's really crazy. And yes, a lot of the people there are in their 20s and 30s, and there are a lot of guy, young guys there. But... How do you learn where things are going and what the opportunities are? Sure. Um, unless you open your mind and open your eyes and take a look around. And four years ago, it's so crazy because this was the seventh Funnel Hacking Live. Only seven. Only seven. I mean, it's a huge organization. Um, in terms of the number of people who use the software, but it was only the seventh Funnel Hacking Live. And I was at the fourth. 
Yeah, I was at the fourth. So um, four years ago, I said, I've got to learn more about this Internet stuff. I had my first website. I built my first website in about 1998 or 99. Damn. Wow. Yeah. You built it? That's so cool. Um, That's so gangsta. Yeah. (laughs) Ann Zuckerman, everyone. Ann Zuckerman. Did I sell anything? No. (laughs) But you built it. So, So I found this company that already had a template. So all you had to do was plug stuff in. And so I went to whatever seminar they had, and I learned how to do that, and I actually had a page on the Internet. And then later on, several years later, people said to me, oh, you don't need that. Uh, That's not really good. You need somebody to design a, a, a website for you. And they convinced me that that's what I should do. And I hired them, and then they went out of business. <laughs> so, I went back to the, so I went back to the company that I had been with. But I kept looking for different possibilities. And um, so I've had websites that have been built for me. Now I have a Shopify site. Um, I've done... Sites on my own. I've had landing pages on my own. But in looking, I discovered ClickFunnels. So four years ago, I said, okay, fine, I need to learn this. And I signed up, and I didn't think it was a real company. I mean, <laughs> you're like, here we go again. Oh my God. I'm watching these Russell Brunson videos, but I'm not seeing people, and I'm thinking, who is this I don't guy? Know this is real. And he is so like, um, oh my God, like he's so high energy, right? Like, yeah, I, um, my phone is. Uh oh, did we freeze again? She'll come back. She okay. froze, but let, let me, me tell you, off. if you're listening, That's she is in the most delightful. Um, yeah. She's in an ecstatic state laughing about this. That's okay. Yeah, he's amazing. So, um, what happened was. When I signed up, I had a call with this guy, and he tells me that at Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando four years ago, they were having Tony Robbins as their keynote speaker. And I said, Tony Robbins? Well, I've got to see him. So I bought a ticket immediately, and then I dropped my my membership with ClickFunnels. (laughs) I said, no, I don't need this. but Tony Robbins. So, uh, you know, I was saying, what am I going to do? They're having this conference in Orlando. Tony Robbins is going to be there. I've got to go. So I went and discovered, uh, much to my amazement, all of the possibilities and how, how I could expand my business and I could learn a new skill and um, how exciting is that. And so I've been drifting in and out and, and doing all sorts of funnel stuff since. And moving ahead slowly, um, but finding what the possibilities are in the Internet world. And everything is possible. It's just finding out how to do it. Ah, so great. I needed to hear that today. I had... I had um... I had a little bit of an anxiety meltdown yesterday, so I almost called Kathy. Talk me off the ledge. We have a 
thing called Ledge 101. Like, can you talk me off the ledge? Because, woo! Um, oh, well, it's so fun to hear hear your stories. And, Kathy, tell us anything else that you have exciting that's going on. Any Anything you want to share? You're such an amazing coach. You help people if they are stuck in a job that they hate. You help people decide if they can sort of reframe it and stay or choose to leave empowered instead of burning yes. bridges. And you're also yeah. a hilarious, uplifting, motivational speaker. Catch us up. What else? Why, thank you so much for that. <laughs> Only kidding. Um, so um, it's so funny. I just had this message come up. My dad doesn't have any power. Now he's in Massachusetts, so there's not a lot I can do. But he may not even be, he's probably at church. Um, so it's been nice getting out in the world. I had a mini retreat this past weekend oh, with right. two people I met when I was working with Sark. Sark is Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. Love and she's her. just delightful. We met her, we met through a program she did four years ago. And this was our first time seeing each other in four years. Nice. And so it was a combination of just having a lot of fun and doing some grounding work and talking about our businesses. We speak every two weeks and we talk about where we are in our businesses. And I just value that kind of relationship so much because we could not be more different. And we gathered from Honolulu, Chicago, and um, Saskatchewan, Regina, Saskatchewan. Try flying anywhere direct from Regina, Saskatchewan. Regina. I'm just going to say that. Bless you. For all you for all you folks out there who are contemplating those trips, no direct flights. Anyway, we gathered in Wisconsin in this little town called Port Washington, and it was just lovely. It was kind of near the Ryder Cup, so there were a lot of golfy people there. Golfy? Um, but and did you, guys, <laughs> did you have like an Airbnb? No, we stayed at this hotel called the Harbor View, and guess what? There was a we view. had a view of the harbor. <laughs> I was a little bit worried, you know, you stay at a hotel and they call themselves the Harbor View. And it's like, are we going to have that? But it was just good to connect in person. And, and we've been able to do a lot by being connected online and staying in touch. And there is something invaluable about being able to see people in person. Yeah. And I think we're learning how to surf those waves back and forth. And um, next week, Elaine and I are going to a retreat together. It's going to be the first time we've seen each other in person. We're going to be able to hug. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh my God. And so we're arriving at the Phoenix Skyport. Is that what they call it? A Skyport? I don't even know what a Skyport is. And then we're driving to Sedona. I've never been there in Malaf. Oh my God. And I can't wait. And I've, I've been there once and my friend Karen Golden has a retreat center there and she took me on beautiful, amazing hikes. So bring your hiking shoes, girl. We're going to get some good walks in. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a magical place. So I'm, I'm really I'm looking excited. forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. And it's going to be a chance for us to connect and to reconnect with um, other people that we've, um, that we know who are in business and kind of for us determining how we move forward with our podcast. Yes. You know, how, so that we can get, so that we have more people listening um, because I think it's really helpful to just be able to hear people talk about what it takes to make something happen, that it's iteration, that it's repetition, and it's innovation, and it's connection, and it's don't give up. It's having parents at the table telling you, 
oh, honey, you're going into the store. Yeah, you're going in. And we're going to be there by your side. Oh, the grandparents. You know? Right. Love it. The grandparents. I know. I didn't quote that exactly. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. We got it. That's beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, and Anne, and Anne I just go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say, and Anne, thank you for being the possibilities person. I mean, really for seeing, um, it's just the gift of being able to see opportunity and possibility is, is really remarkable. And we can develop that over time. And I love that yours is so highly developed. It's inspiring. Thank you. I love it. And so, Anne, if people want to know more about you and your funnels or some of the other cool things you do, what's the best way to find you? Uh, well, if people are in uh, the retail business and want to get out there more, if they go to my Facebook page, Ann Zuckerman, um, they'll see some possibilities there. Uh, if they're interested in what I'm doing with a product, they can go to bezywoman.com uh, so they can find me there. And um, I've also got some other uh, websites and links, but... Uh, those are the two, and then from there, all of my information is there so they can contact me directly through um, either an email or I even have, a, amazingly, a phone number. <laughs> so, What's the phone, you, you say? Mean, where people, people can like, actually... talk on a device? <laughs> You're so high-tech. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Okay, great. And Kathy Keegan... If somebody is looking for a coach or feels stuck or wants to take your fabulous quiz or wants to just know more about you and your awesomeness, how do they find you? Well, you can go to my website, which is um, kathykeegan.com, and um, there's a bio about me and an unusually large photo. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I want you to know that I am getting help with my website, and I'm really grateful for that. And, um, and at the same time, we're keeping the unusually large photo just for the time being. But, you know, I'd love to chat with you. It doesn't cost anything to talk with me and to find out what it is you're, you know, you might be able to do. There are, there are choices, there are possibilities, and there are opportunities always in terms of your career. So, so I would love to chat with you. And, uh, oh, oh, Elaine, Elaine, pick Elaine, pick Elaine, Elaine. Please tell everybody about Captivate the Crowd and the brilliant work you do with story and online camera presence, which is absolutely vital these days. Well, thank you. You just said it so much. So, yes, if you know that it's time to ramp up your visibility, if you know it's time to craft more amazing stories about you and your why and who you help and how you're uniquely qualified, if you know you want to work on your improv skills so that you can handle any crowd, whatever they throw at you, any of that stuff, make sure we're connected. Elaine at CaptivateTheCrowd.com, or you can go grab your confidence checklist, confidence on camera checklist at CaptivateTheCrowd.com. And um, I would love to talk to you. I do really cool free masterclasses. I'm doing more clubhouses. I love connecting cool, amazing entrepreneurs with other cool, amazing entrepreneurs. So, um, yeah, so that's... Hey what, hey, what did John the Baptist and Captivate the Crowd have in common? 
I don't know. The same middle name, but a bump. Thank you. <laughs> I got okay. one for you. Sorry. What does Verizon and my boyfriend have in common? I don't know what. They only show interest when I threaten to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and you got one? Are you? Okay. Next time. We'll, I know. We'll put you on the spot. Thank you, guys. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're so glad you're here. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what else you want us to talk about because between the three of us, my God, there's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of, like, learn from my mistakes, kids. Um, but thank you so much, Anne. It's been delightful having you and hearing your stories. I just think no, you're I'm all out. a gangster. <laughs> and, Kathy, I love you as always. And thanks, love everybody. You Have too. an awesome day. Bye. Bye. Yay. You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time. <laughs>